Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Eugenia Mitchell, host of At Home with the Mitchells. Thanks for listening to the following podcast on Public House Media. Happy whatever day of quarantine it is for you. Welcome and thank you for joining the Confessions of the Military Spouse podcast during this crazy pandemic. I am your host, Jenna Burt. I'm a military spouse of 10 years, a mom, and a registered and certified dental assistant. Again, I just want to say thank you for being here with me today. And if you find that anything in today's episode resonates with you or that someone else you might know might be interested in hearing this episode, please share it. As always, I appreciate any and all feedback, so if you would like to leave some feedback, please feel free to email me at confessionsofamillspouse at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook at Confessions of a Military Spouse, Instagram at Confessions of a Mill Spouse, or at publichousemedia.org. COVID-19, or coronavirus. It seems like it's beating a dead horse at this point, right? Everyone has something to say about this awful virus, and, well, I'm clearly no different. However, I'm hoping that my point of view on this terrible virus and quarantine time and period of uncertainty will maybe make you think differently about this whole situation. So, let's go! What do I know about this COVID-19 virus? Well, to be honest, I'm not even sure because it seems like the information is changing literally every minute. It seems day by day and sometimes minute by minute, the information about COVID-19 is changing. Shoot, by the time this episode even airs, the known information could be 100% different than what I'm even talking about right now. I also think that's part of what makes all of this so scary is that we don't really know a whole lot about this virus. It seems like a lot of the information that's known is up and coming and almost speculated, meaning how long the virus can live on hard surfaces, porous surfaces, clothing, hair, how it's transmitted, can pets have it, can pets die from it, the list goes on on and on. And then there's so much misinformation floating around that it makes it hard to decipher what's fact and what's fiction. And unfortunately, I'm no different. To be honest, I don't really have an opinion on this whole COVID-19 situation. I'm not one of those really strong, everybody needs to stay at home people, but I'm also not one of those, screw it, I'm going to live my life as normal people either. I guess I'm somewhere in between. 
What I can tell you is that currently, as I'm writing this episode, March 29th, the state of South Carolina is not on a mandated stay-at-home order. Again, that could change at any given moment, but from what I've heard and read is that our governor does not think it's necessary. Now, you all can feel whatever way you want about that. I, again, have neutral feelings. What I do know is that this virus is scary, and there's a lot of unknowns, and there are a lot of people, unfortunately, dying from it. But I also have questions, questions like the following. I understand the idea behind the stay-at-home order, which is to hopefully flatten the curve, but here's where I question that thinking. Mandated stay-at-home orders still allow for essential personnel to be working. As we all know, essential personnel are healthcare workers, military, postal workers, grocery stores, etc. So even though we are staying home as mandated, those essential personnel are still out and about and still potentially being exposed since a person can be a carrier but not show symptoms for days or even ever. So if every single essential personnel are exposed to someone who is a carrier, let's think healthcare workers, then when these stay-at-home orders are lifted, those essential personnel are going to be reintegrating with the general population that's been staying at home. And isn't it possible for those essential personnel to basically reinfect those that were staying at home, therefore causing another widespread outbreak of this virus? I mean, healthcare workers do not have the proper PPE to protect them against the virus, and we all know military members are eventually going to continue coming and going from places that are infected, so they can most definitely be carriers of the virus, and then they bring it home to their significant others, children, etc. So I understand the idea of flattening the curve, but I question in all actuality if that will really be that effective. Also, I know this is probably an unpopular opinion, so please don't shoot the messenger, but I am entitled to my own thoughts, opinions, and questions just as much as everybody else's. Now, am I an essential worker being a dental assistant? Uh, technically no, I guess, unless it's an absolute emergency, and even then, it is recommended that we wear proper PPE, which again, no one has, to see patients. I am still working. Um, My days are limited, but only because patients have basically determined that for us. Not because it was recommended that we shut down, except emergency basis, but because patients aren't comfortable being in the dental chair at this time, which I think is fair enough. I have been given the option, though, to continue working or to take time off and file for unemployment. I'm sure you can figure out what I've opted to do so far. Again, I'm entitled to my own reasonings, my own thoughts, and whatever else you want to call it, and I may lose listeners and supporters and other people over this, which in all honesty sucks because this episode is not about whether I'm working or what I'm doing to help help flatten the curve. There really is a bigger purpose, which ties into my last episode about mental health. If you listened to my previous episode about mental health for military spouses, then you already know this piece of information, but if you have not, you definitely should. But what I need you to know before I continue talking is that I struggle with parenting. I was a stay-at-home mom for the first 13 months 
of my daughter's life and realized that being a stay-at-home parent was not for me. In the last seven years, I've struggled to come to terms with that and be okay with that. I don't think so much for myself, but for everyone else. And because I feel like society dubs me as a terrible parent because I enjoy working and I'm not cut out to be a stay-at-home parent. Then cue the global pandemic called COVID-19. It is literally parents like me, our worst nightmare imaginable. We are mandated to stay at home with our children 24-7 for an undetermined amount of time. Now, you guys, I and I'm sure everybody else loves our children. We really do. But if you can admit that you're not cut out to be a stay-at-home parent, then you can also admit that sometimes being at home with your child for those extended periods of time are not good mentally for either you or your child. And speaking of the children, believe it or not, children especially mine, thrive on routine and schedule. And now they are thrown into a global pandemic and told they may not go back to school for the rest of the school year. Uh, what? So not only is all of this hard on parents like myself who aren't good stay-at-home parents, it's also really hard on the children that thrive on a schedule. Now, let's go back to talking about mental health. For me personally, I know when Christmas break comes around or spring break or any extended period of time that I'm going to have to spend multiple hours in a day for multiple days in a row with my child without some sort of schedule, it sends my anxiety through the roof. I do not find it enjoyable most of the time, and I don't think that she does either. Not because we don't love each other, but because she and I are so much alike and very strong-willed that neither of us want to budge and neither of us want to be out of our routines. Yet, here we are. Now, throw on top of this global pandemic that school is closed right now through the end of April, and we're still in March while I'm writing and recording this, like WTF. So now, not only do most of us have to be full-time stay-at-home parents, whether we want to be or not, we also have to be full-time teachers. I did the teaching thing at home for one day, and even though I already knew teachers needed more pay, now I know they need a hell of a lot more pay and everything else. Props to teachers out there everywhere because this shit is hard. (laughs) I never wanted to be a teacher because I knew I couldn't handle it, and now I really know I can't handle it. So now we're stay-at-home parents and full-time teachers, and what does that do to our mental health? Well, even those that normally homeschool, I can imagine it sends them into somewhat of a tailspin. Being home with kids 24-7, seven days a week, for tons of weeks at a time, that's going to take a toll on any sane person's mental health. A friend recently posted an article about a mother-slash-baby murder that happened and how this could be the start of an increase in domestic violent cases because people are being forced to stay at home. This is a very sensitive topic, and to be honest, it's not easy to talk about, but that is the purpose of this podcast, and I think it's something that needs to be said And needs to be talked about because I think that this is the type of stuff we forget about during a time like this. I think we forget about the children who depend on school for breakfast and lunch. And those are the only two meals they have during the course of a day. And now maybe they only get one meal a day, if even that. 
I know there are tons of schools offering free breakfasts and lunches, but in a time like this, I can imagine it's hard to say that you need help. So maybe those parents are too prideful to go to the school to pick up breakfast and lunch for their kid or kids. Or maybe their school and no surrounding schools are offering that. They're laid off from this pandemic and they don't have the money for food. Now what? I know a lot of people that are being laid off during this pandemic can apply for unemployment, but I just read that the state of South Carolina does not have the funds for the coronavirus for unemployment yet. So literally, if they don't qualify, they're getting nothing. And I can almost guarantee the number of children that are currently going hungry have significantly increased since the start of this pandemic. And is this something that we're thinking about? I know it's flatten the curve, flatten the curve, flatten the curve, but what about these kids? Now, let's go back to the domestic violence issue. There are some kids that, you guys, school is their safe place. And I know this because I worked in a school as a lunch lady, mind you. <laughs> I have no shame in admitting it for for a year. And I've seen it. You know, they don't want to be at home because bad things happen when they're at home. And chances are their parents don't want them to be there either. So what happens in that case? The child or children are no longer safe. They're scared every day of their life that this pandemic continues to rule our lives. And unfortunately, they're just children and can't speak up for themselves. It makes me really wonder if anyone has thought of that. I know that parents are currently suffering from layoffs, pay cuts, etc., but what about the children? Are they suffering as well? I'm sure there are some kids that are absolutely loving this time off and making tons of memories with their parents, mine included. Those are the children who have good parents, though. During this time, I can't help but think about the less fortunate children whose parent or parents are struggling to make ends meet who aren't making memories with their children, and the children who are going to remember this pandemic as the worst part of their childhood. With those thoughts, I have to question how much good are we doing society and our young children by mandating these stay-at-home orders for weeks, possibly months on end, and pulling them out of schools for an indefinite amount of time. And this right here is why I remain quote-unquote neutral during this time of uncertainty. For me, it becomes a battle of what's best for society and what's best for those that don't particularly have a voice in the matter. The last point I want to make is to think about the parents that maybe didn't graduate high school or didn't go to college that now all of a sudden have these elementary-aged, high school-aged, and even college students at home looking to them for help, and their parents can't provide that for them. So again, How much good are we doing by keeping them out of school? What are they learning? Are they actually learning? Will they have the information and knowledge needed to be ready for the next grade or step in their life? And these are all things that have been floating around in my mind, along with all of the sadness surrounded by those that have lost loved ones to this awful virus, to include one of our own fellow military spouses. So the best advice I can give during this time, honestly, is to avoid social media And know that you do not have to be the perfect parent, the perfect teacher, the perfect anything during this time. This time is new, it's unknown, and it is weird. Everyone is adjusting to what is a new quote-unquote normal, and who knows for how long that will be. So my other advice, 
to you is do the best you can during this time and make sure you're making the time to take care of yourself for yourself. I know today's topics have been hard and I want each and every one of you to know that if you ever need anything, please do not hesitate to reach out to me completely free of judgment. And if I can't help you, I will do whatever I can to find someone or something that can help. Also, if you or someone you know are a victim of domestic violence, please reach out to the domestic violence hotline at 1-800-799-7233. I know, unfortunately, this is a time where those domestic violence cases will be going up. And I want you guys to know that you are not alone and children need a voice as well. Thank you all for tuning in today. And I hope you are surviving this crazy pandemic one day at a time.